Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the big show. After years of speculation of who's the greatest Laker of them all, there will be a showdown to decide once and for all who is the Lakerist of them all. Matt Salty Samard will take on our very own mascot, Louis the Laker, this Thursday at 4 p.m. in the Owl's Nest on the second floor of Nipissing University's North Bay campus. This will be a one-time knockout, no-rules, bare-knuckle brawl, folks, and we were going to have it coming at you live by way of the Lake Show. This is your host, Hopsy Baby Boy, coming at you live and ringside. I have to my right, in the right corner, standing in at six foot five, 250 pounds, the under at negative 250. It's Louis the Laker! And in the blue corner, we have Matthew slap you in the face, salty Samar, baby! And folks, it's time! Gloves together, boys. It's the Lake Show. What else do you want to know? How do we diddly do, folks? Welcome back to the Lake Show. A little bit of a hiatus. We had another unfortunate writer strike, but we are back and we are stronger than ever. Salty, how are you doing tonight, my man? Doing fantastic. Uh, a lot. Ex- I'm really excited about our new, uh, new and improved sound. Yeah. So hopefully we don't sound like we're recording a tin can somewhere anymore. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, I had a lot of people complain about that, and we apologize. Um, still had a lot of good feedback about the interview and about the episode, but. I mean, hopefully from now on, we'll have our sound figured out for you guys. That's all right. It's all part of it. It's part of the growing system. Exactly. What can you do? So uh, what's going on, my man? How was uh, reading week? What'd you get up to? Or you were on placement, right? You didn't have no reading week. No reading week for me, but mine is coming up soon with March break. But how about you? How was your reading week? I wasn't bad. I didn't really uh, really do much. I stayed in North Bay during the week and I just shoveled a bunch of roofs. Yeah, I saw that on Facebook actually. I heard some, or like you got a shout out or something on Facebook talking about your your roof company or something. Explain uh, yeah, that. I, that was just some fella that I end, I shoveled his roof, and yeah. then he ended up putting a little post on Facebook trying to make kind of a joke out of it. But he made it yeah, look yeah, like yeah. pretty legit. So a bunch of people were asking me if I have a legit business, but I was like, absolutely not. So I was staying busy a bit doing that, trying to make a little extra That's coin, unreal. and it was hilarious. And then yeah, I headed out to toronto and then stratford on the weekend and stratford eh? for the weekend yeah bumming around there and then uh made it back for class this week on monday but you were in the classroom how's uh how's placement been you you learning lots teacher there honestly i am it's fun to be around the other teachers you know they'll, they'll give you the tricks of the trade and stuff like that um the kids are unreal they're hilarious like there's never a dull moment which is the best i mean um, the, the days go, that goes by so quick because there's always something going on, especially in seven and eight, right? The kids are just so much. Energy yeah. So seven, seventh and eighth graders. Right. And what, what do yeah. you teach them again? Uh, I teach science, math, and gym. So a bit of everything, but mostly science and, and gym. Unreal. So you're, well, the, G- you're the gym teacher. Oh yeah. So we're, playing, the gym uh, we're in badminton right now. You any good at badminton? I'm okay. I mean, there's some kids that are, uh, pretty solid but uh, no we're having fun it's sweet yeah it's good it, but it's actually pretty fun to be honest with you especially with the seven eight brothers they're all in for it do you get to just absolutely put the boots to them 
Absolutely, man. They, they kind of get their own tournaments going, and then I'll get a couple kids that come in and be like, "Sir, sir, I got to challenge you. I got to challenge yeah, you." Like, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That was the big thing. You always, you know, you challenge the teacher. <laughs> yeah, it was like the boss, the right? teacher, like level yeah. one, level two, level three, and then you get the that. Boss. Was always the thing, especially <laughs> yeah. in badminton. It was like the best kid in the class. If he'd be yeah. challenging the teacher, exactly. There's yeah. no contact, so you know, nothing happened. You just don't aim for the faces. Get your goggles going. You're set. Oh, badminton's a that's a real sport, right there. <laughs> oh yeah. You want to judge a man's character? Put him in the put him on the court. <laughs> we should start a badminton club next year. There, there is a badminton club. Speak of Come the on. devil. Seriously? Yeah, Thursday nights at eight thirty. I always see it on the on the. Uh, wow. There's a sign at the AC, but I never go. And thinking I might need to start. No, <laughs> we should start getting that going. That'd be sick. I played badminton in eighth. I think yeah, I was eighth grade. I did yeah. doubles. My partner was Mike Wilson, little boy from eighth <laughs> grade there, and we went and it was one tournament, and that was like. If you won, if you did well in the tournament, you kept going. So our whole season was one tournament. Pull up the <laughs> tournament. Me and Mike Wilson go zero for eight. Oh come on! Didn't advance sadly. Tough I don't period. even think we touched a birdie. It was hilarious. <laughs> my ears were That's bleeding hilarious. after birdies flying by my ears. <laughs> it was crazy. I got demolished. It was embarrassing. My dad nice didn't talk to me for a week. <laughs> That's hilarious. Sick. Anyways, enough of that. Um, yeah. What's going on? Uh, back in classes for everyone after reading week whoever's listening to this and uh i don't know we're struggling still winter here still raining still freezing yeah, how is it up in north bay by the way same old garbage is it yeah yeah the roads are hilarious plow can't even get up my road like oh man i have a truck thank god but if i don't know some of my yeah, roommates yeah. don't and they're about to i don't know they're gonna lose a exhaust pipe here if they keep <sighs> driving to school here man and then it, yeah it's just i don't know it's still well, it's, it's for business for you right stuff you know <laughs> Yeah, it's a joke. But uh, yeah, back in the swing of things here, folks. And then, uh, well, I guess we had, uh, unfortunately, it was the end of the Laker Athletics season. I guess not completely, but other than our boy over there and uh, heading over to Russia, wherever he's headed off, Alex Maycock. Yeah, shout out to Alex. Shout out to Alex going to Visu Games. Best of luck to him. But other than that, it's uh, the end of the season for uh, uh, the rest of Laker Athletics. The uh, remaining teams still in season uh, commenced their season this past weekend. Um, and then I don't, we might as well go right into that, Salty. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, for sure. That's, we, might uh, well throw, we might as well get right onto that. Uh, starting with the volleyball teams who are uh, finishing up their season with games in Toronto and Peterborough this weekend. And... Um, we'll start with the uh, the women's side of things, and um, unfortunately, while they won't be advancing to the OUA postseason, the Nipissing Lakers women's volleyball team ended the season in style on Sunday after following to the powerful Toronto Varsity Blues 3-0 on Saturday. The Lakers bounced back to sweep the Trent Excalibur Sunday to wrap things up for the 2018-2019 campaign. Against Toronto, the Lakers fell 25-15, 25-10, and 25 25- 15 to the second place blues shannon lebro and avery bodnar led the way with five points each against toronto and the next day in the season finale nipsing defeated trent 25 13 25 20 and 25 19 to end the year with a win their fifth of the season the lakers once again finished fifth in the division one spot out of the postseason but were able to end the season on a high note thankfully and uh 
Moving over to the men's side of things, even though the season did not go as planned for the Lakers men's volleyball team, they did finish the season and weekend in style with two solid efforts and a convincing win. The Lakers split a pair of matches to close out the year, falling to the Toronto Varsity Blues 3-0 Saturday before defeating the Trent Excalibur 3-0 Sunday in Peterborough. In the first game of the weekend, Toronto edged Nipissing 25-20, 25-21, and 25-21 again to claim the win. Steve Wood led the way with 12 kills and 15 points. Jeremy Murray had 9 kills and 12 points, and Curtis McPherson added 6 points as well. The next day in the season finale, the Lakers defeated Trent 25-17, 25-17 once again, and finally 25-18 to wrap up the season. The Lakers ended up in 5th place in the East Division, just one spot, one spot sorry, out of playoffs, but a win in their final game is a perfect way to finish the year fortunately for them um salty we had uh, basketball as well you want to take us away with that yeah should i do mine in a uh, boston accent too with my sport but uh no, just kidding. um <laughs> the woman had a up-and-coming season uh, a lot of rookies on the team this year coach k yeah we, we asked right she told us we'd call her coach k so coach katie hamilton said uh you know it's a young team uh they also landed i think their seventh recruit this week which is huge for them next year so coach k is really lining up her team for the upcoming years again of a, a bit of a building season for them going three and 20 but a big uh, big splash in the middle there beating york and queens in the same weekend so that was big you know you can see flashes the team really building together actually this week angeline campbell again named to the oua all rookie team which is huge for her so congrats angeline shout and, out yeah exactly big big news for the basketball team you know you can tell their coach katie hamilton is putting uh putting a great squad together now and even better coaching staff so good for them i mean tough se- tough season but all together you know they're going the right direction which is good to hear 100 uh, percent for the men i mean same thing there guys had a tougher season this year after a couple bigger ones the third and fourth year they really uh, made a big splash in the oua and kind of took a step back this year but same thing a lot of uh new faces coming in some of the older veterans kind of passing the torch to those guys so uh, it was a big season for them in that sense, but hopefully next year they can pick it up with uh, with a couple more W's. And, you know, we we trust Coach Chris and, and his coaching staff for, or we're going to bounce back next year and bring some some firepower. So we saw a lot of guys, you know, um, a lot of first-year guys making a bigger splash than usual, to name a few. I mean, David Quinn is going to be a force to be reckoned with soon in the, C- in, uh, in the OUA. Guys like Will Tran came in against big teams and put up some points off the bench. So there's a bright spot in, in the future, and hopefully the guys can – have a bounce back here next year absolutely no yeah and then expect big things for both those programs on the, and the upswing really well coached uh programs and exactly and, and they really work hard so expect expect them just uh to keep improving here and and you know i'm looking forward to seeing what they both do next year same thing with volleyball i mean two two fantastic coaches there and two coaches are passionate about their teams and they will make sure to come back with a with a big season next year well and realistically you can't not bring up the fact that these are still two young programs in in U sports and exactly yeah. and it's a very it's a very competitive thing and that comes down to rec- you know it's recruiting it's coaching it's it's you know it's it's just it's an established league with uh, yeah. with powerhouse teams essentially in most divisions that don't uh, change much so for new for new programs to get in there and make some noise it's not easy so it's like still- the division I was just gonna say like the division for basketball right? we kind of discussed this before and we discussed had a chance to discuss it with the basketball guys when they came on I mean having three of the top 10 teams in new sports in your own division, you have to play them twice a year. Like that's tough. That is very, very tough. Oh, absolutely. And you know, not only are they a, a new program, it'd be only be in their fifth year, but once again, hopping right into that OUA East division, 
and that's a that's a pretty tough uh, you know that's a tough bid for any team and then regardless one that's starting from scratch so it's not only it's not, it's it's a unique situation for both these programs in a sense you know going they have to play you know the best schools in the country multiple times a year right off the get go yeah. and so there's no hiding that and and definitely you got to address that and, and realize that there are unfortunately going to be little speed bumps in and you know exactly. the, the growth of these programs but that's just the way it's going to go so yeah and then and also unfortunately it was the our, our only team currently that was in, in the postseason with women's hockey, they were going this weekend, and and, and we'll, we'll just quickly go to that. And you know they finished the season uh, fifteen and twelve overall. If I'm not mistaken, that was sixth place. Uh, seeing that seat off the top there, you know the, the the girls team was buzzing all year long, so they're playing Toronto in the first round, and they didn't have the home ice advantage, I guess you'd call it. And these yeah. three game series are so hilarious. So. So they end up playing in 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 Toronto at Varsity Arena, and, and that was that was on this past Wednesday. So that went down game one at the Varsity Arena in the Toronto downtown core. Unbelievable rink, by the way. From what I've heard, I mean the same thing with their with their soccer facilities. But yeah, I've heard the arena is beautiful. Rink's sick. It must be like a yeah. hundred years old. Oh, man, it's, that's crazy. They, they used to have a WHA team there. Really? The Toronto Toros used to play out of that rink. Like oh, Gordy wow. Howe, Bobby Hall, and the boys used to be buzzing Seriously? around there. Yeah, like that's, that's a, I didn't that's know a that. rink. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit of a hockey history buff. Like I look into that stuff. Like when we play, yeah, it is a hilarious barn, but like that rink is like historic. So it's pretty cool that we cool. get to play there. So I don't know. Anyways, so it's, I'm just I'm just setting the stage here, letting y'all know <laughs> what we're playing. But yeah, so game one went down. That was this past Wednesday, and unfortunately, that they started off the uh, series with a three-one regulation loss. Hunter Mosher getting the only goal in that game, and Danica Ranger made 21 saves in the losing effort. But uh, they ended up bringing the series back to the Gardens on Friday night, and uh, I unfortunately was out of town, so I wasn't able to make it because originally they were supposed to play Wednesday night, and then they ended up switching it. So. Yeah, that was not my fault. <laughs> I mean, anyway. shout out to uh, the Lakers crew, though. So those guys still showed up, made some noise, and we had a Facebook uh, group going, trying to get as many people. As yeah, we can. shout out to that. Um, we need yeah, more of I mean, that. That was awesome. A lot of people exactly. were getting involved on social media, trying to yeah. promote the promote the game, and, and and hopefully there was a good crowd. Sounding like there was. So yeah, game two, as we said, went down Friday night at the Gardens, and uh, a dominant first gave the Lakers a three nothing lead, and and they kind of rode that out the rest of the way. They held on for a 4-1 victory. Danica Rager had 23 saves in the victory, and uh, there was four different goal scorers in the in the effort. Jade Goche had one, Sammy Strasberger, Marilyn Fortune, and Brianna Gaffney all scoring in that one. And, uh, yeah, so that was obviously a big game. And the, I, I will say again, I'll voice how it is, it's tough playing a three-game series because, like, you know, you know, seven games or whatnot, you know, you have multiple chances, but, you know, you lose yeah. that first game and you're immediately your back's against the wall. And then tough. you're going into an elimination game. Thankfully, it was at home and in a place that the the ladies seem to play pretty well at. And yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just it's a the three game series. It's very tough. So they come back and thankfully they go they go go off at home, play very well, and they get another chance to play. But so they play they come back, they play Friday night, win at home, then they got to go and play the next day at two p.m. at Varsity Arena. So yeah. obviously that's not fun for anyone i don't know what they did for travel i I don't know if they left right after the game or whatnot but yeah so the next game that's uh 2 p.m at the like i said varsity arena back in the old toro dome (laughs) and uh they were yeah playing their uh the third and uh deciding game of the series and uh you know you couldn't have asked for a more even series but in the end someone had to win and someone had to lose and unfortunately the nipsing women's hockey team came up with a, a you know a goal short sunday in game three or that was sunday that's Sunday. 
Anyways, I'm just yeah, going. Right. Yeah, it doesn't, I've got the days wrong, but yeah, this is game three. And uh, yeah, that was the, the game three of the quarterfinal matchup. And after splitting the first two games, uh, Toronto winning the first one, as we said, 3-1, and then Nipsing coming back, uh, taking the other one 4-1. Four, four, one. Uh, this was the winner take all showdown. And then, um, yeah, unfortunately, just they just came up uh, just short by one goal. There was they lost three two. Uh, Toronto had a player get a hat trick. And uh, I think who, who scored in this one? We had Maria Dominico put one in and Jade Goche as well. And and that's just sad because, you know, we've been unfor- we've been very spoiled with how well the, the women's hockey team's done the past couple seasons that we've almost, you know, grown to expect it. And yeah. we expected big things. So it's just a tough pill to swallow because obviously we all expected more. But, you know, they had a good team this year. They still had a great year. And, you know, making the playoffs is obviously an accomplishment. And it just didn't work out, unfortunately, at the end. But Darren Turcott, the way he he runs this team, and I respect him so much as a coach, you know, I think they have like eight recruits coming in next year or something. Like wow. insane. Yeah. And uh, he's he's been doing a heck of a job uh, running that program. So, you know, I, I assume that'll just kind of light a fire into that program and, and they'll be uh, humming back to hopefully the finals, hopefully nationals here soon. So, yeah, women's hockey expecting to be doing great things next year. And, uh, yeah, well, uh, that's all we'll have to say about that. We'll hopefully uh, get a couple of them on talking about their year and maybe For we'll sure. try to get Turk on the man himself or something like oh, that. Oh, man. Big Turk? Interview there. Uh, yeah, just to touch on that, I mean, like we've said, all the programs we've talked about so far are very young programs, and the fact that our expectations are already that high for them is uh, is impressive, right? Like, they've, they've showed flashes of where they can be and where they want to go, so um, it's it's kind of, it's tough, right? Because they, they put those those expectations so high now that we expect it, but at the same time, like, we I have no doubt they'll bounce back and they'll find that expectation oh, again. It's good. It's, it's good, though, you know, and that's what you want, you know, you want those expectations to be high, you want to, you know, you yeah. want to be expected to win, and and just shout out to them. You know that's got to be fun every night being a, being a top team and you know being being competitive and, and you know that's where all, all of our programs are you know are striving to be and 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 you know I just say you know take a you know big big nod of the cap to them. You know they're doing they're doing big things here. So you know shout sure. out to them. So what what else we have? You had one more. What else were you going to take us away with here? Did you want to touch on the men's team? Men's team, yeah. Well, on we, your own on your squad. We were, we were, yeah, we'll we'll just quickly touch on the men's team too. Obviously, boys have been done for a couple weeks now, and yeah. they unfortunately didn't make playoffs. But you know what? In the four years we've been here, I, that was you know I think that was the best team we've had, which makes it more upsetting because we didn't make playoffs. But you know we we got Moran coming back, uh, Dominic Graham graduating after you know a really good OUA career. But you know things will be there'll be a lot 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 changing here on the men's side of, side of hockey. We actually just had. Uh, a little, a little bit of news, anyways. Uh, Matt Donnelly ended up just uh, going oh, yeah. pro last week. He uh, ended up signing with the Greenville Swamp Rabbits of the East Coast <laughs> oh, Hockey League. So Greenville? Out, yeah, Greenville, North Carolina. So oh, I'm sure, baby. a lot of people do not know what that is or where he's playing, but essentially, he's in the East Coast Hockey League, which is like two leagues below the NHL. We'll say it's essentially like a feeder system up to like the minor leagues, the NHL. So yeah, he is he's playing a high level hockey. He's playing he's playing with uh, guys on like NHL contracts, NHL draft picks, and you know guys that are you know all fighting their way to make the NHL. And you know, shout out to Don's, you know, taking his hockey career further than uh, you know uh, post secondary. Uh, I don't know what his plans are. That was kind of. Uh, 
kind of just a, I don't know if he was, he was keeping that hush hush and I don't know if many people know about it, but I'm just going to say it on the podcast, <laughs> shout out to Don's going pro. So hopefully uh, keep an eye on him. I, I sure will be wish him nothing but success. Hopefully we'll maybe get a word from him, get him a call in and just tell us how things are going down there. Yeah. That'd be so awesome. That, uh, yeah, no, it, it's, it's good to see. Uh, it's been nice every year I've been here. There's been uh, guys continuing their hockey career after playing, uh, you know, hockey, hockey for nip. So sweet. shout out to the him. He's uh uh, Guillaume Node, he's playing in the same league in the East Coast. He was with, last I looked, the Kalamazoo Wings. I don't know. He was with the Indy Fuel. I could look him up quick. Man, he's these teams playing. are unreal. The names in the cities. Oh, the names are at, like minor hockey in the States is absolutely hysterical. The names that they throw out. So, yeah, G G is playing in the same league. He uh, split. Yeah, he was. He's playing with uh, the Indy Fuel right now, the Indianapolis right Fuel. So, yeah, they're both in the coast right now, still playing. So, shout out to those guys, you know, continuing hockey. So, it's nice to see another example of some people continuing their uh, athletic careers after playing at NIP. So, that's huge. Good for them. For sure. So, yeah, that's, I guess, you know, and we'll segue away from that. Last bit of, uh, I guess, a highlight package for a couple months. So, we just wanted to kind of give our last good kick at the can for that. And obviously, we're going to try and keep a lot of athletic content going through this podcast. So expect a lot of athlete, athletic talk every week, but it'll obviously be a different side of it. Maybe a little off the field kind of, kind of stuff like that. Not just uh, highlights and whatnot. So salty. Uh, yeah. Expect uh, us to definitely uh, continue the way with that. But from this one on, we're just, it's just you and me, my man, just chilling tonight. We, we actually axed the guests. We said to weigh with you, if you will. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. We're going to set up next week with the, uh, with that guest, but no, I'm excited. I mean, it's, it'll be fun. It'll be our first time we can kind of share our stories and uh, interview each other, I guess you could say, because we've both had um, four years in the UA now each. So Absolutely. that should be fun. Hopefully we get some good stories out. No, there's a lot to talk about too. And I just think uh, we've never really taken the time to just really talk to each other. And, you know, we've we've been very fortunate to do a lot of great interviews so far in the, in the couple episodes we have done. But we thought something different this time. Instead of always panicking over trying to get a good interview, we just thought yeah. maybe we'd interview ourselves. So let's go for it. No real script to this. We're just kind of going to chat about Good our times too. here at NIP because we both are – we're both fourth-year guys. And uh, I don't know if we, uh, there's a chance we might be both be back for another lap. So, anyways, tell a little bit of stories about what we've uh, been through so far. Yeah. I mean, um, kick it off. I guess you start from day one. Like, I always wonder, like, how did you hear from Nipsing? Uh, I think you've told us a little bit about it when Jared was Yeah, on. we had a yeah. little bit of a talk about that. But, yeah, no, definitely a good way to, you know, I'll be honest with you. I I, I didn't know much about Nipsing. Obviously, I'm from Calgary. Yeah. And um, I, when I was uh, playing hockey, I uh, I'd never really uh, thought of going the NCAA route. Let's just say that. But uh, yeah. I was always trying to play major junior hockey and – Fortunately enough, got drafted after the Bantam draft out west. Yeah, got drafted uh, by the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Ended up uh, making my way up to Major Junior. Played parts of two seasons there, almost two full seasons. And then um, I ended up going to play Tier 2 Junior in uh, New Brunswick. I was trying to play in the Ooh. Quebec Major Junior League, stay in Major Junior over there. Didn't work out. Got put with a team in Miramichi. And uh, essentially when I was in Tier 2, I realized that like my big dream of uh, – cracking the show at uh, 20 probably wasn't uh, legit <laughs> so uh right. i figured it's time to start trying to uh play good and uh, get a school to contact me and i just for the two years i played there i just worried about playing good and trying to get a school and you know yeah. i was talking to a couple back in uh in Calgary, I was gonna. I was about to go and commit to play for a college in Calgary to do a a, a broadcasting program out there, and then uh, I was gonna go oh, to yeah, Mount Royal right. University in, in in Calgary, and then 
I ended up just uh, getting contacted by Nipissing because um, a guy we were talking about back in the day on Smitty's interview, Adam Smith, he had yeah. just committed to go to Nipissing and who I played with in Miramichi that year prior. And he kind of started the conversation with them talking about me. And then I started getting contacted by Nipissing's recruiter at the time. And then he kind of segued me into talking to Mike and then that's kind of where it all started, I guess. Like I'll be honest, I didn't really know much about Nipsing or even where it was other than people I had known talking to the school about recruiting before. So it was kind of a funny link because it's, it's unique as a Mike, Mike McParland, you know, he doesn't just look at Ontario players, obviously me being out there. So he found me without, and that's the 21st century way of it. He had never seen me play or anything like that in person. Yeah. But he had uh, had his recruit guys, you know, see some tape of me and whatnot, got got in touch with me. And I ended up coming for a little checkout of the school as I was driving back from New Brunswick, back home to Calgary. So I actually got to see the campus first, which a lot of, I don't know how it works for other sports, but a lot of the guys that come here for hockey, they've never seen the campus when they get here. Really? Like, like a, I'd say almost a lot of them, a, a good, ch- good chunk of them. So they commit here and it's usually too far away to, to check it out. So when they first show up here, they don't know anything about it. So I was thankful that I had a little, you know, checkup on it, or I guess, or, you know, so to speak. So I yeah. was going to do broadcasting and go to college in Calgary. And then I ended up deciding to, you know, play what was a higher level hockey, you know, instead of playing in the ACAC, I played U sports and then uh, got to get a business degree here. So that's yeah, awesome. that's, I guess that's how the link happened to me. And like, so, we talked a little bit about it with you too and soccer. Like, I don't know how it was for you. Like, yeah, did you I dream mean, playing CIS soccer growing up was, it, you know, what, tell us a little bit about that and your career growing up to the transition to CIS. Yeah, just like any kid. I mean, as soon as you start playing a sport, your dream is always, I guess, to play at the highest level. And um, it's different for, for soccer, right? Because, like, for hockey, you find that that professional route is already set up. You know what I mean? Like, either whether it's the OHL, WHL, or Major Junior, you know, whatever it is, that you can get drafted, you kind of find your spot. Whereas soccer, especially back when I was growing up, not that it was that long ago, I guess, but um, there was no draft. There was no really, like, there was academies just starting. The MLS was kind of cracking open. Um, I had a link with the Emotional Impact for a little bit, which was really cool and, like, eye-opening and stuff like that. But um, nothing was really set in stone as, like, how this is how you do it. If you want to play professionally, you go, you go here or you go there. Um, especially if you want to play in Europe, right? It was almost like a, a different world out there. Uh, so for me, especially when I got to high school, my biggest goal was to, to play CIS. And I set that pretty early. So from like from grade nine, grade 10, I was starting to look at schools when I was at and I had no idea what I was actually doing. You know what I mean? Like, it's funny when I hear prospective students th- think about talking about universities. I remember being in those shoes, right? And until you're there. Um, I don't know about you, Harrison, but it's it's tough to picture the university life and, and the CIS game or, or U sports game and stuff. Like I I remember thinking I knew it all. And then when I got here, I remember being like, oh, yeah, I had no idea what I was thinking like, or what happened, you know? So, yeah, I guess. And that's one thing I wanted to ask, too, is like, obviously, like you, you kind of pointed out when you do play hockey, it's so it's so set. You know, you, you know, the routes that you want yeah. to try and go to get noticed or or where you need to play or so to speak. Like and in soccer, that's like I was just going to ask you that, like when you were coming to the OUA, like, did you have any expectation of like how good the guys would be? Like how, what the jump would have been? Like how big was the jump from like, essentially you came, you came right out of high school, right? Yeah. So like I was a big jump, obviously high school soccer, the CIS, that must be yeah, huge. massive. So basically uh, high school soccer and then clubs, club soccer is huge. And I was lucky enough to play on a, on a, in the provincial league at the time was called OISL. So when I was like 16, 17, I played in that league. So um, basically the top kids uh, from Ontario, we're playing in that league except for some you know that were already committed to academies and stuff like that but um so i had that but it's 
it's such a different game when you get from um, and I'm sure you can test this when you, you start playing with like kids are still in high school and then you get to that men's team or that men's level even just from high school to university the game changes completely right like it's it's a lot maybe a bit of a slower game physically but mentally it's so much faster so the ball moves faster so you, you it, the the game is going a lot faster but you individually are going a little bit slower i know it's kind of tough to no i know what you explain, mean it's just but yeah more structured smarter um, you play exactly yeah so for me i was kind of lucky my transition was a bit easier in that fact because i was never really the faster or uh, that like quick player um, even though when I signed here actually this is a funny story I, I got heat for this a lot but when I signed here the the recruiting title you know how they do Nipsing has, does a great job of like putting yeah. out an article about you it said speedy midfielder signs Nipsing I was like oh boy like <laughs> these guys they're expecting that's but, unreal I wish I had a hot crazy. headline like that yeah, <laughs> yeah so um, it definitely wasn't my game I would say like speeder and stuff like that but more of a mental game so my transition I would say was a little bit easier and for that regard, obviously, but I, I definitely had to put on some weight and, and get a little bit more physical. So when I first got here, I was I was tiny and I was playing on the wing. And then when I you know tried to build a couple a bit of muscle and pick up a couple pounds, I could kind of slide in the middle because it can get pretty feisty in that middle. No OUA, so yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean my uh, as soon as I knew OUA was kind of my goal, started looking at schools and see which schools had my programs. And early enough, I found that Ottawa U didn't have an OUA team and Carlton didn't have my program, so my sights were set on. Uh, a team on the outside and uh you know queens was one that i talked to a lot uh Cape breton out east was huge i uh, was good discussions with and a couple of teams in the states you know some in new york and buffalo and stuff and then um i remember checking out this team called nipsing i was like oh, whenever i'll check this out send an email to the coach at the time who was carlo and he invited me to a recruiting camp and as soon it was weird man as soon as i got here as soon as i met the guys it just clicked I don't know if like have you been able to do a couple of trips or just like different locker rooms, right? You either click or you don't click with some certain teams. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like certain, I guess students that are looking at schools will ask me like, oh, like how did you know? How did you know? And I was like, honestly, like it's it's kind of weird. Like as soon as you're there, you just have this feeling. And when I I looked at, I remember being at the school in Buffalo and infrastructures were unbelievable. You know, great guys on the team. Coach was awesome too, but it just something was off and it was strange. I didn't know what it was. And then when I came to Nipsing and met the guys and stuff, it just felt right. So. Um, that was kind of my path here, and uh, after that, you know, was able to to learn a bunch and have a, sh- a bunch of fun with uh, with the guys of a good group of guys and stuff. But yeah, that's kind of my path here. Right on, man. No, it, yeah. it's definitely like it's fun to hear. And then I don't know. I guess like when I got here, I remember I I thought it was kind of we- like it was a weird start for me. Like when I my first year here, I hadn't been in school in three years, and then all of a sudden right. we're taking classes and trying to play you know hockey and stuff like that at the same time which is kind of hilarious at the start but I I really enjoyed it I had a great time going to school like it was just like in a hilarious way it was like hilarious almost like seeing girls every day again (laughs) it was like I went from like three years of my life just living in like like I don't know like just living a life where I was just always around dudes all day every day like we didn't do anything hockey like yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) maybe you go out in the weekend you see a girl (laughs) that's hilarious yeah so like that's one thing I remember I was like man this is hilarious just seeing women every day yeah so because I'm not living I'm not living in Miramichi like just going to the (laughs) rink every day and throwing the puck around the boys so that was I remember I just one thing the boys were always like there's girls everywhere it's hilarious wow And then our first year, we were lucky enough to still have the old wall, rest in peace. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. We could have a whole episode in the wall, probably. No, <laughs> the wall was unbelievable. Like, oh, we were very lucky. The wall was a restaurant during the day. You could go yeah. there and get some food. And and then at night, it was like it was the, be- it was like the only place really people went out. And 
it was essentially whenever you went out there on the weekend, it was only students. It was just people, you know, you went and saw it in the hallways at NIP. So it was unbelievable. It was like, it was, people would always tell me before I came here, like, oh, the campus bar here is unbelievable. Like you won't even believe it. And like, it actually was unreal. Oh, dude. Yeah. It was, it was ranked top 10 in the country for a while too. Like, yeah. Like with for, for good reason too. It was legit. It was unreal. And like the setup of it was unreal. Like remember yeah. when you, you came in and it was like, you came in down that staircase. You could have went all the way to the bottom or you yeah. could have went that up top level. And then oh, it man. had that railing. And then when you look down, it was the bar below you. And like, you could look down and like see your buddies and throw like ice oh, at their yeah. head. It was unbelievable. <laughs> It was oh man, I'm getting chills talking about it. like so, I know it was so time. unreal and like yeah. unfortunately a lot of people probably listen to this never even got a sniff of it. Because we, like we're probably some of the last haulers that are still around that did get a year of the fairy tale now. It is. It's just a legend, a myth. Exactly. It's a sin that it's not around anymore. Hopefully, I don't get in trouble saying that. But uh, yeah, it was it was a fun time, and that was one thing I really remember my first year. That was unbelievable. And then our first year too, as well. We had the strike. Yeah. Yeah, I remember we had the we had the strike, and that was from about wow. middle of I don't know, almost we lost like a month and a half of school. And I remember when we were on a strike, the men's hockey team went on an absolute heater. <laughs> I remember we won like six games in a row. Man, that's funny you say that. We did the exact same thing with the soccer team. We had it was my second year, and it was. We went undefeated for seven games at that point too. So sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but yeah, no, that's hilarious. That's, I just can't no classes during the season then. <laughs> yeah, it was sick, and the wall was buzzing at the time too. Like people, yes, and, and like so, no yeah. one went home for some yeah. reason because no one knew when school was going to come back on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like everyone was around, but no one was doing anything. It was unbelievable. Oh my god, that's awesome! Yeah, I remember those days. That's hilarious. That was yeah, that was unreal. That was so much fun and. I don't know. I've, I have nothing but good things to say about my time in NIP. Like, oh, same here. I don't know, I've really enjoyed it. Like, I I don't know. I I love like this. Like, I, we have. I've seen some like some hilarious on ice stories. Some hilarious off ice stories. Like, I don't know. Like, I just say like one. This is just so random. I don't know why this is coming off the top of my head, but this was like one of the most hilarious things I've seen, and I still tell the story quite a bit. Like, so it was my first year, and. um we're playing Carl. We're gonna play Carlton the first round of playoffs. Yeah, and we finished in sixth place, so they were third place. And uh, we're playing Carlton the first round of playoffs, and we're playing them like it was like two games before the end of the year, and we already knew we were gonna play them. So like it's a big game, you know. We're trying to you know play good, play hard, For and like sure. we ended up winning the game. We played Unreal, and Carlton was unbelievable that year. They were so good, nationally ranked, Unreal, and we beat them. 4-1 that night and this in the third period on remember Alex Morgan shout out to Moose Morgan the man in the gym the big body you always see training people he was playing that year he gets in a scrum in the corner sheds his mitts grabs a guy and punches him in the face bare fist four times absolutely explodes the guy's face yeah. guys bleeding all over the ice and God. then, so he thinks he's like done. Thinks he got like a. They, they blow the whistle down. The refs are talking. Big penalty. Moose skates out of the gate and goes to the room. No gloves on. Got his bucket off. And then he didn't even get a penalty. What? They didn't. Even, they didn't even call a penalty on him. This is at the gardens. And like, so then our trainer runs down the hallway, runs around the corner, and then yeah. comes back with Moose because he went and retrieved Moose. And then Moose just came back, put his mitts on, kept playing the game. <laughs> That's hilarious. 
Yeah, it was unbelievable. And like, I don't no know, a couple either. of the boys that remember that. Like, I was yeah. talking about that with Mike McParlin the other day. We were like, that was like the most hilarious thing ever. He literally shedded his mitts, beat the wheels off a guy, and didn't even get a penalty. <laughs> that was unreal. What's, what's your favorite on? You must have an on, like, just, just, just give me a story from a game, something hilarious. Man, I've talked about the, the one about the guys faking how they were um, deaf. Remember that one with the ref? That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's just absurd. That, one, that one's funny. Yeah, we had some good ones with JM, too. JM was talking about how he got that ridiculous red card, too. I'm trying to think of some stories, some that I can say on air anyways. I mean, the, the funniest thing is always how, um, especially my first second year, we had some pretty solid teams, and the guys would be pretty loose. Like, they were the type of guys that, like, if they would get too intense or something, it wasn't their thing. You know what I mean? They kind of had to stay loose to, to be able to play. Um, so you'd be in the, in the handshake line, you know, at first you kind of walk out and you hear that, like the music and the two teams come out, the starting 11s come out and stuff. We had a guy, Connor Spears would always look around at the other captain or whoever was around him and stuff. Like, hey, what are you guys drinking tonight? <laughs> like stuff like that. And just always asking about beer. Like, Hey, uh, like, mi- like right before the game would start, like right before the national anthem, like, Hey, where are we, where are we meeting up tonight, boys? Like talk about that. And the teams are looking around like, what is going on? Like it was, it was the best. And we had some really good times. I'm, I'll try and think of some stories as we go on here, but, uh, yeah, no, we've had we've had some hilarious one of guys just like kicking the ball away. Uh, we had a streaker actually one game. No, yeah, where? Oh, oh, this is actually hilarious. Sorry, I forgot about this. I was I wasn't even there yet. Some of the guys have told me this like right my year right before. So we had a you know Kale England. We talked to him about a lot uh, last episode. Yeah. Two yeah. of his buddies, I think they were roommates at the time. It was one of the biggest games of the year, and it might have been homecoming or something like that. Probably right, the big crowd and how the everybody will know. Obviously, the soccer field is at the top of the hill. So these guys started um, from the like on the road, you know, like close to the hill. They jumped the fence. They had they had a t-shirt. Or no, sorry, not t-shirts. They had a like a mask, like a paper mask type thing over their ma- over their head, and it was the picture of Kale, and he was playing obviously, and then nothing else on. Two guys ran across the field, running around, kicked the ball, and then. As they like exit, like went down to the field, there was a the car was waiting for them. So they jumped the fence again, got in the car and left, and they never caught them. No way. Yeah, so, so these guys were like horns out. Yeah, yeah. So they're completely naked. It was just like a, a face mask type thing of like of Kale England, which is on the field, like looking at this field. Oh god. <laughs> that is unbelievable. I don't condone yeah. public nudity, but that is hilarious. I know. Kick the ball and then run away. And like it, they timed it perfectly because the car just kept rolling. Right. The streets are like literally right there. So they ran off and, and and got away. But man, yeah, that was one of the funny stories I've heard for sure. Right off into the sunset. Yeah, exactly. And the rest is history. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that makes me happy. I know. I guess, you know, we could just keep blabbing on like we are right now, but I'll, I'll, I'll just go on to say, I knew who you were, Salty, and we didn't really become, I guess you'd say, real buddies until we started getting together to get towards yeah, this yeah. podcast when we started hanging out more. But the first time I ever met you was pretty hilarious because this was a head scratcher for uh, for me oh, for a while. So let's just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know exactly where I'm going with this. Let's just, uh, let's just go on and say uh, we had a small gathering at my place one night last year. I don't know what it would have been like yeah. April or something like that. And we had, uh, there's an empty lot beside my house. Anyone knows where I live. So like lots of parking and stuff. So had some people over, had some cars over then and just, like parked next door. And then of you know, there was a couple a of days people drove there. there. Yeah. There were several cars. Yeah. And then we had, uh, a couple of days later, we noticed this one car is still there. And then a couple more days it's still there. And it's parked in like a hilarious spot. Like, just in the middle of this lot, like on an angle, like just looks like it was left there. And it's like a week in and I'm like, boys, like whose car is this? Like, is no one need this car? 
And then like, I guess, we, and then another day goes by and I made a couple calls and we yeah, found out yeah. it was your car and like you just abandoned your wheels. And you, I don't know if you're oh, yeah, walking was, to school or whatnot, but that was like the first time we started talking. I was like, Salty, are you going to come and get your I remember, car? Um, I think it was Brody Moore as he came up to me one time. He was like, hey man, like, uh, you want to come pick up your, your, your car? It's kind of show parked in our driveway right now. It'd be kind of nice. I was like, oh my God. Show park. Yeah. It was a hundred percent. It was all at the time. It was squeezed like between a couple because I got there a little late. But when all the all the other cars were gone, it looked hilarious the way it was parked. But yeah, that's funny. Oh yeah, Every, when everyone went home, holy, it looked hilarious. That was awesome. Yeah, that was the first story. time we really got in touch. Yeah, no, that's that was funny. So I don't know. We got to. It's the uh, I don't know. It's it's a good time of year for uh, you know just kicking back here you know i'm sure some athletes and, and people are just excited to just enjoy themselves and you know enjoy the last bit of the school here we got the banquet oh, coming banquet. up banquet's on april 4th nice. this I'll year i believe is that's sweet i do not want to miss that yeah so that's always a really fun day it's always nice and uh try it's just, and it's always a good time when you get yeah, all athletics exactly. together having a good time so it doesn't happen enough so always in a setting like that where everyone's having you know out of season not uh Worried about a game the next day, having a good time. So we always, will be looking uh, forward to that. Lots of yeah. stories always, always that some weekend. Lots awesome, of fun. Uh, some suits and stuff like that. People really like to go all out. So it's sweet. I remember we talked about a bit about the David Quinn, the basketball player there, who had the sick suit. Oh, David Quinn, absolute yeah. magician well, with the clothing last year. He had the hottest, the hottest jacket I've ever seen. You know what we should do? I'm just thinking about this right now. We should run a with the camera and like our video and stuff. That we do want to get back and going. I mean, it's been a little tough when I can't be there as well to to help with filming, but um we should run a red carpet oh that'd year. be unbelievable and just run questions that like uh to everybody when they get to the red carpet and then put them out that'd be amazing if we could run a red carpet segment for uh... ask them what they're wearing when they get out of their car <laughs> yeah exactly yeah that'd be fun we should maybe we will do that yeah, that'd, that'd be, be great <laughs> yeah that'd be sweet um, the banquet is always fun so that'll always that'll lead to some uh some good talk and a couple good pods re- revolving around that oh so. absolutely yeah, yeah looking forward to that Folks, a um, little bit of a developing story over here. Heard a little bit of a commotion coming in the door as I uh, record from my remote in-home studio. Um, roommate Tyler Brown, member of the men's hockey team, made his intramural basketball debut tonight. And um, he put together actually quite a performance indeed. There's somewhat of a rumble up at the athletic center, if you will. Um, a little bit of a, some jazz about what went on there. Uh, Tyler, can you tell us a little bit about what went down? how your team performed and, and a little bit about your own stat line. I heard there was a bit of a commotion there about what you put down on the court. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, showing up to the gym, the AC tonight, I didn't really know what to expect. You know, I haven't played basketball since God, grade eight. I made the junior B team. I got cut from the A team. So, you know, I'm not a great basketball player. I love the sport, but, uh, showed up to the game. You know, we put together a, a pretty good squad. We have Kyle Lamaru, who's, uh, the captain of our team, he's uh, got a couple good basketball players. So we uh, we started strong. We led most of the game. Uh, probably halftime, we are up by five or six and uh, just lost at the end of the game. We didn't have a closer. We just didn't have that guy that uh, could drive the bucket and just put it in. So I think we lost 37 to 34 maybe. But personally, uh, for my first game in about 10 years, I put together a, a decent performance. I was moving the ball around. I had a couple shots. I uh, had a three and two twos on seven shots. So, you know, that's pretty good. It's almost 45% shooting, and um, I'm going to take it. Now, uh, Tyler, can you confirm or deny Coach Chris Chang reaching out to you? Uh, I don't want to break any stories yet, but uh, I could say there could be some developments for next year. 
Well, with a, with a work, ethic, work ethic like that, I don't think there'll be any surprise to hear there might be some sort of a link there. Also, I, I will add, um, you know, Tyler is being a bit modest here. When it, when his game does entail more of a of a shooting style, he's a big body in that paint. He, he's he's been known to play that '90s big boy ball, if you will. So uh, when he, when he looks to throw down, uh, get out of his way, because they call him the night train. If you were to describe your game to any uh, NBA player, who would it be? Oh, that's a great question. Um, geez, maybe I don't like I say. Harrison calls me modest, so maybe I'll. Uh, I'll come on strong here, but I don't know. I don't know if everybody, if you've heard of LeBron James, you know, he facilitates, he shoots, he does it all. So uh, I think you could probably say I'm something like that, maybe a little shorter, but just as much heart for sure. The crazy thing is about, about a basketball player like Tyler, we're talking about a five tool athlete here. Usually with, um, with players, we see them coming in with, you know, two, three tools in the hopes that we can maybe develop, uh, you know, one or maybe two others. And, and when you have a five-star recruit coming in like that with the whole package, it's, it's good to see. And the fact that that's in our intramural <laughs> basketball ring right now, get out there and support the guys. Absolute direct quote from Moneyball. But yeah, no, that was awesome. <laughs> I was wondering if anyone was going to yeah, say that. Yeah. I was in my head. I was like, I'm just going to go with something I remember. Uh, <laughs> we actually, um... <laughs> <laughs> we actually have developments of somewhat of an um an intramural series if you will we have a couple athletes we're going to be highlighting in this series and and looking at different sports uh we got hockey going into playoffs here lots to talk about intramural wise so well as, as things pick up with basketball as well there'll be a little bit of content there as well so some to some to keep your eye on a little hidden content there for you love that yeah i'll be on the ice for those uh, playoffs as well so see me out there unreal so tyler oh, thanks so much for coming out here give us a little shout out maybe someone you want to say hello to before you head out uh, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I think the podcast is a great idea. Um, I'm definitely going to share it around on social media. And uh, I'm just going to say hi to my mom. I know she's listening. She's a big fan of the show. She talks about it every day. So uh, hi, Donna. Thanks for listening, Donna. Awesome. So yeah, that's just uh, one of the uh, the perks of, uh, of living in this athlete village, so to speak. But yeah, no, that was really random. But that was kind of awesome that we got to do that. So maybe we'll uh, randomly do stuff like that more often. Yeah, that's sweet. We should definitely do that more often. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Anyways, uh, Salty, I had a good time. I think, you know, kind of a random episode, but, uh, you know, we I think we can just end it off there. I think we had a good time. And, uh, you know, we'll have some guests on next week, and we'll uh, continue what we have here going. Absolutely. Love it. I'm having fun doing it. And hopefully people are enjoying listening to it. Well, thanks so much, folks. That's The Lake Show. What else do you want to know?